right, good morning, church. So glad to see you. It's good to be worshiping God with you in the room or you in your living room. God has great things in store for you. Just a little heads up. I just want to challenge you. Open up your minds a little bit. I think God wants to challenge you, to push you towards some things that maybe you haven't done before, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be good. Well, hey, as I said, my name's Glenn Greiner. I'm on staff here, and we are here to serve you and bless you, and we're glad to be a part of the church family with you. Hey, we are getting into God's Word today. We're going to be reading from Acts 13, verse 36, just one verse. One of the things we do here at Union Chapel is we stand in honor of reading God's Word. So if you're able, please stand, and you'll see the words up on the screen. Acts 13, verse 36. Now David, after he had served God's purpose in his own generation... He died and was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, I know the end of the verse is kind of gross, but the first part's really, really cool. But before we jump into that, guys, you know how this works. Your girl, she needs to buy a piece of furniture. And it's something something like a a dresser, just of drawers. And she searches, and she asks, what do you think about this one? What do you think about that one? You measure it out. She realizes everything that's got to go in there. And she has several different options. You don't know which one she's going to choose. And then all of a sudden, she makes the choice. She clicks that buy button. And then in a few days, you get an email. It's time to go pick it up. And your job is to go get it. And you go pick it up. Now, in the recesses of your brain, you're hoping that they pull out a fully assembled piece of furniture But no, it comes in a box. How in the world can that chest of drawers fit in that box? You don't know. And so you get it home and you open it up and you take everything out. And then for guys, there's this tense tense moment that we have. And we see the directions. For some reason, we throw away all logic and we're afraid we throw away our man card if we look at the directions for more than 15 seconds. And so as we're looking at the directions, we realize this is not the normal set of directions that has the directions 15 different times in 15 different languages. Your directions, you're the lucky one. Your directions were written for someone who has no language whatsoever. It's pictures only. And so you get everything all laid out and you've got all the pieces and there's this weird shape on the ends of the bolts that hold these things together. And you realize, well, that's an Allen wrench. And so you see all the different pieces. You think you've got how it goes together and you realize there's one little piece missing from all those things that they sent you. You don't have an Allen wrench. Like, oh no, you're not about to call the company and wait three weeks for them to mail one to you. And you don't wanna go to the store and try to buy another one. The time to put this thing together is right now. So what do you do when you're a guy? You don't have the right tool? Well, you walk into the kitchen and you know what you're gonna grab because we're guys. We think knives can fix anything, so we grab a knife. And we're in there, and yeah, you kind of start with your fingers, get it going, and that knife, it does kind of fit in there, you know, it does all right. And so you know what's going to happen, though, in just a little while, there's going to be a slip and a few choice words, lots of paper towels, and four stitches later, you realize that was not the wisest decision that you've ever made. But what happened? You used something in a way that it was never intended to be used. Now, when we misunderstand the purpose of a knife, we pay the price, but think how much higher of a price we pay when we misunderstand the purpose of our life. So friends, we have to find our why, the reason that we were made and connect with God in meaningful ways by serving him and serving others. You know what? If you're nonchalant about life, if everything is like, who cares? No big deal. You've 
you're missing your purpose. If you can't get motivated and nothing inspires you, you just haven't found your why. Because knowing your purpose gives you energy, it gives you strength, and it gives you perspective. Which leads us to our first thought today. It's this. Your purpose is for God. Now, I'm a remedial Christian, so I just confess that before you right now. And so sometimes I have to state things in the negative. I have to say, Glenn, your purpose is not for you. It is for God. And I think it's significant that this verse said that David served God's purpose. Now, sometimes I get confused. I think my purpose is to make myself happy. And I know none of you can relate to this. No one's ever used those words to kind of explain something that they did that might be just a little off or whatever. It's like, well, I just want to be happy. I deserve to be happy. And, and we feel that when people say that, yeah, and when we say it ourselves as well. But here's what I found. I found that the more I chase my own happiness in a selfish way, the more unfulfilled I become. You know how this works. Something sets you off. You think it. And then those words come out of your mouth and you just want to take them and stick them back in there. You wish you had never said them. Or maybe there's that impulse that you have and, and you just, you feel it and you do it. And, oh, I wish I could go undo that. Now, here's something uh, none of you can identify with. Uh, you've never been searching for something and like wanting to shop and buy something. And this thing has caught your eye. You think this would be so awesome. I just would really love to have this. And you keep looking at it and, and you're haunted by this thing because every time you open up your browser or turn on your phone, that thing pops up saying, buy me, buy me, buy me. And then you find yourself, you press the button and it's on its way. You get excited and then you open it up and then this thing hits you. It's called buyer's remorse. And that's just a fancy word for saying you've just given yourself a healthy dose of reality. I've got to pay for this thing now. And so you maybe you have payment plans. Or you don't know how it's going to happen. And all the stress comes from that impulsive decision, that desire to make yourself happy that didn't fulfill you. Now, I want you to think about a precious little child. And this precious little child gets everything this little one wants right when this little one wants it. So every impulse, every need, it just flows right into them. And don't you know they're going to grow up and be so happy, so joyful? They're going to be such productive members of society, aren't they? Well, no, we have a word for them. They're called spoiled brats. And here's what happens. When we chase everything that fulfills our immediate impulsive desires, we think it would make us happy, but it doesn't. It actually ruins us. Why does it ruin us? Because that's not our purpose. That's not what we were made for. In fact, sometimes the things that we do uh, cause great pain in our lives when we miss the purposes of God. And I want you to consider David. I mean, David, he's like superhero in the Bible almost. I mean, so many things have been written about him. There's like 66 chapters in the Bible devoted to him. He's actually called by God as a man after God's own heart. And that's even reiterated in the New Testament as well. But there were some times when David missed his purpose. In fact, he thought his purpose was all about himself and his own happiness. And one time when the kings were supposed to go to war, David hung back. He was sitting up in his palace, bored, playing Candy Crush, and looked out the window and saw this pretty married thing named Bathsheba taking a bath. He decided, I've got to have her, despite the fact that he had wives and concubines. He's had to have her. And yes, she got pregnant. Yes, he tried to cover it up and even had her husband murdered in the process. And all that was focused on trying to make himself happy. In the midst of that, that was the greatest regret 
of his life. Just like David. The only time that we find true fulfillment, true contentment is when we serve God's purpose. Friends, you and I, we were created to be connected to God. We were created to give love to him and to receive love from him. That's our eternal purpose. You know, you do that right here, right now in your life right here, but that's one of the few things that we will do in all of eternity that's done right here. God has placed eternity within our hearts. And this whole thing of serving God and serving other people, it's not necessarily a really popular thing. We have this huge, huge pressure in our culture to chase the American dream. And you know the American dream has gotten way bigger than a picket fence with a house behind it. The American dream, it's experiences, it's power, it's popularity, it's likes. And the more we chase these things, the emptier we feel. Think about all the damage that we've done in our families and in our relationships in this pursuit of temporary happiness. And think about this, friends, even even good things, even great things when they're done outside of God, they don't have the pleasure and the joy that we would expect because they're not directed to him. Now, you might remember there was this little football game being played last, last Sunday, like the Super Bowl. And, you know, the winning quarterback, okay, now just give me a break. I know I was around when deflate gate happened too. Yes, we're going to talk about Tom Brady. Take a deep breath. You'll get over it. It's all right. But I mean, the guy has seven Super Bowl rings. If he keeps it up, they're going to have to like have come out with like Super Bowl nose rings or Super Bowl toe rings. I don't know. But back in 2005, he was being interviewed by 60 Minutes. And I want to read part of that to you. Brady said, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I've reached my goal, my dream in my life, but me, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. This can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27 and what else is there for me? And then his interviewer asked him this question, well, what's the answer? And his response was, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. And friends, when we connect our purposes with God's purpose, it brings depth and meaning to everything that we do. Our big why is to bring pleasure to God because what brings pleasure to him ultimately brings pleasure to us. Not that it will be easy, it will be exhausting sometimes, but it brings joy, contentment, and fulfillment that you can't find anywhere else. Our second thought today is this. You don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. I know you get it. The focus is on God and not yourself. And you know what? You can serve God's purpose no matter what you're doing. You see, sometimes we get our what confused with our why. Our what is our job, responsibilities, and school, but our why is the focus of our lives. It's, it's the things we do to serve God and serve other people. And think about David's what. David's what was awful. Now, back in the day, he was the baby of the family. He was the youngest of all the brothers in his family. And being the baby of the family, there was nothing romantic or easy about that at all. In fact, you got the short end of the stick for everything. He got the worst job, the least amount of inheritance, the least respect. Everything was just downplayed being the youngest. And so what was his job? His job was watching sheep. And I want you to think 
about how thrilling and exciting it must have been to watch sheep. In the morning, you get up and you lead them out of the pen. And then, then, get this, they put their heads down and they start nibbling grass. <laughs> so exciting, so exciting. And they, they don't know where to go or what to do, so you have to lead them to water. And then they go, and they, they lap up the water. And every now and then, this beautiful sound comes out of their mouths. Bleh, bleh, bleh. And then that thing at the end happens. That's David's day. That's his whole day, every day. Let's see, as I think, 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 think. What in your lives could be boring? I mean, it, there's never been a class in school that's boring. Uh, and there couldn't possibly be a job ever that was boring. Friends, our responsibilities are not our purpose. Our purpose is to serve God, and we serve God in the midst of those moments. Because here's what David had no clue when he was wandering around watching sheep, wondering, why in the heck do I have to do this? He decided, I'm going to give praise to God. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to bless him with all that I am. And David loved music. And here's something that David didn't realize when he was singing and praising God. I bet he made instruments. And I bet he played them while he was watching the sheep. When you think about David's life, some of the things we overlook about him is that he might be one of the most influential musicians of all time. I mean, think about just the lyrics. He wrote over half of the book of Psalms, and those lyrics have been translated into dozens and dozens of languages. And many of you, they're your favorite verses to read because they're so powerful and so meaningful. Think about this. He scored all of them to music. He had no clue in the middle of that. I want you to think about the tool that David used as a shepherd, a staff and a sling. And we suspect that the sling was tied to the end of the staff. And so don't you know, he's kind of a young teenage kid. He's killing time. What are you going to do? You're going to throw rocks. And so he gets his sling out and he sees how far he can throw. He says, I wonder if I can knock the head of that flower off. And off it goes. So he's blowing up bushes and killing cactus and hitting cow patties. And I want you to think about what David had in his hand. Because there was another defining moment in his life. That's when he faced the giant Goliath. So when David crossed the line of Israelite soldiers and faced Goliath, what was in his hand? The very thing that he was using to kill time when he was watching sheep. God looked at David and said, grab your staff and sling. We've got a giant to take down. And you see how it all fits together. Our big why is to bring pleasure to God. And we serve God by serving his purpose. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is for God. And I want you to think about God's purpose for you kind of like a gift. And so the point of a gift isn't just to unwrap it and then just let it sit there. The best gifts are the ones that get used all the time. And you know you know, like the true shame in any gift is when you give it to someone and then they re-gift it to somebody else because they don't want it. But see, when God gives you a gift, he wants you to open it. He wants you to use it. He wants it to be a part of your life. He wants you to use it all the time. I when I think about specific gifts that I've received, you know, I'm a DIY guy. And so I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. And I remember when I received my first skill saw. Now, just because I had a skill saw does not mean that I had the skill to use it well. I've thrown away a lot of boards over the years. 
And so when God gives you a gift, he wants you to use it. It's going to take practice. You're going to hone it. You're going you're gonna to learn exactly how he's wired up and how, how your personality, your gifts, and your desires mesh in to him. And so practice. I give this illustration just, just for fun. So you have permission ahead of time to laugh. You know, some of my friends on staff here, they stand up and preach for the first time and they just kill it. And it makes me crazy. I have people all the time, they'll come up to me and say, Glenn, your preaching is so much better than it used to be. You can laugh, it's okay. I'm feeling the love, I'm feeling the love. No, I, I couldn't agree anymore. And so our gifts are things that we grow into. They're things that we use to bring glory to God. And think about this. This is something else that we learn about David. Most of our lives are preparation. You see, David, he was anointed king when he was like 13, 15 years old. You know, so Samuel shows up to his house and anoints him king. Did you know there's 15 years between the time he was anointed king to the time that he actually became king? And the Bible records all these things that God did in David's life before he was anointed king to help prepare him, to help unleash him, to maximize his ability and his calling and the purpose that he had for him. It's even true for Jesus. I mean, the son of God, he, he was alive for 30 years. He was 30 years old when he began public ministry and his public ministry was only three years long. That means if, if Jesus started being trained as a carpenter by his dad, he was a carpenter from 10 years old to 30 years old. And three years he was in public ministry. You don't find your purpose. You serve God's purpose. It's true for all of us. The next thought is this. I want you to check it out on the screen. You serve God's purpose by serving people. The Bible says that David served God's purpose in his generation. It could have said David served God's purpose in his life. It could have said he served God's purpose with what he did. But no, he specifically referred to his generation. That means the people that he knew, his family, his friends, his associates, and also people that he did not know. And I want you to think about how David's service was connected to the blessing of God. The big moments in David's life were all connected to him serving others. Now, what I didn't tell you about when David was anointed king was that, that the prophet Samuel, and he's like rock star famous. This is the guy that speaks for God. Everywhere he goes, everyone is in awe of him. They keep their distance. And they, so this was, like, this was like the talk of the town for years and years. And so he sent word, Samuel sent word to Jesse, David's dad, that one of your sons is going to be anointed king. That's what God said. I don't know which one. And so he shows up and the sons are lined up and he goes one by one by one. The oldest all the way to the seventh youngest. And then God tells him no to every single one. And then Samuel looks at Jesse and says, uh, please tell me you have another son. Because God told me to come here, I'm going to anoint a son as king. And he said no to all of these guys. And Jesse goes, you mean our singing shepherd boy? Oh, my goodness. So all the brothers scatter, and they go get David, and then he's anointed king. What was David doing right before he was anointed king? He was serving his family. He was serving his father. And we mentioned Goliath as well, and his and the great moment, the great victory that God gave him in that. 
And so what did God do? What did he call David to right before he took down Goliath? His job was to be delivery boy. He was like Uber Eats on foot. And so he had a 25-pound sack of grain and 10 choice cheeses that he carried, not one, not two, but 14 miles. And then he shows up and his brother lays into him, just misconstrues his motives, basically tells him to get lost, tells him he's worthless. And by the way, when you feel unappreciated in your job or maybe overlooked by your family, what should you do? Yeah, serve God's purpose by serving other people, the people in your life, in your generation. I remember, uh, this was a while ago, but me and the guys, we were talking tech, eating out at a restaurant, and this little thought came to my mind, hey, you need to check in on that waitress, just ask her how she's doing, offer to pray for her. You know, and being the man of faith and courage and boldness and confidence that I am, I put that off as long as possible. So we'd actually, we'd paid the bill. It was over and I realized I can't leave without talking to her. And so called her back over to the table. She was like, oh no, what went wrong? Is everything okay? I said, yes, yes, yes. And I apologize. Normally I don't do this, but I just want you to know that Jesus is thinking about you. We're Christians and we'd love to pray for you. Is there anything we could pray about? And immediately she just burst into tears. And she hugged us and thanked us. She said, you have no idea how much that means to me. You don't have any clue what's going on in my life right now. So, well, is there anything specific you want me to pray about? She goes, I don't know, I don't know, just pray. And she squeezed my hand with both of her hands as hard as she could and just prayed a really simple prayer. God bless her, help her with her family, her relationships, her job, give her wisdom, remind her how precious she is, amen. And it just had this dramatic effect on her. But friends, she may have forgotten about that day. But all of us sitting around the table, we remember that day because here's what happened in that moment. As God moved through us, he moved in us. Because when God changes someone's life through you, he changes you as well. And so friends, we have to start somewhere. The thing that we have to do, at least I have to do, I have to make serving other people a regular part of my life. If I don't make a plan, it won't happen because I'll either surf my way or thumb my way through all my downtime. And downtime is a great thing. I'm going to take some this afternoon. But you obviously, you have to plan to serve other people. You have to reach out and do that. And we want to help you out. In fact, I want you to check out on the screen, you can actually download the Union Chapel app. That's right, search your app store for Union Chapel Ministries. You can download the app. And on the weekend page, you thumb up a little bit and you find a spot right there for serving opportunities. You, plus, you press that and just, it's a little form you fill out and then click submit. Look, you are not signing up to do something until you're 94 years old. This is just a conversation. We wanna help you experience God's best for your life. And that's a way that you can do that. Of course, you can get the same information right on our website. In fact, we even have some business cards with a link right to it on your way out. And so this is a no pressure thing. But I want you to think about this. We do have some distinct needs here. You saw Christine Cartwright on the screen and she's part of our amazing children's team. We have an entire team of people and their sole purpose is yes, to reach out and bless kids, but their purpose, their job is to equip people just like you to love on kids, help them connect with God. 
And we could use your help right now. You could find out if that might be one of the things that God has for you. Don't you, did you notice the people's smiling faces? Some people help check you in. Some people help you find a seat. That's our first connections team. And here's what they do. They help people feel loved as they come in the door, just with a simple wave. Here's what we forget sometimes, is that studies have shown that people decide whether or not they're going to come back to a church in the first five minutes that they're here. That means before they've heard the worship, before they've heard the message, they've already decided whether or not they're gonna come back. Friends, you can make a difference. Don't ever minimize those acts of service. And look, this is a no pressure thing. It's like, well, thanks for the setup, Glenn. <laughs> but you find a way to serve God in your generation. And there's so many ideas floating around out there. We've heard so many great things. In fact, I know many of you, you've already written cards and delivered those to a nursing home or rehab facility so that the people who are being quarantined right now, they're lonely, they're confused, they can't be with their family. And so your card is a little, little brightness to their day, a little bit of love going their way. And you've done the same kind of thing for many of the healthcare workers and the janitorial staff and all the people who serve in the hospital in these facilities in the middle of all this mess as well. You want to score some real points? Uh, scrape your neighbor's windshield before they leave for work. Whatever it is, you find out what works for you. You find out what fits for you and serve other people, serving God. You know, I believe that when we serve other people, it truly releases God's power in our lives. One of the things I, as a pastor, I talk to a lot of people who have dealt with and walked through pain and challenges and, and healing is a process and it takes time. And there's a lot of things that people do to find healing. But this, I've heard this time and time again. And so for people who I finally felt like like me again, when I started serving. Because here's what happens. <laughs> you're serving someone else, you're helping someone else, and God's power moves through you and changes you. Think of it this way, friends. The healing that you're looking for, part of that is you serving someone else. You serve God's purpose by serving people. Jesus himself said this. He said, I did not come to be served but I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So when you serve others, that's when you look the most like Jesus. When you're loving other people, that's when you're acting most like Christ. And now comes to the creepy end of the verse where it says that David, after he served God's purpose in his generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. The point is this, when we serve God's purpose by serving people, it lasts on beyond us. Because when we serve God's purpose, when we serve other people, we're a part of his kingdom plan. The things that we do echo in eternity. You are a specific part of God's plan to reach this world. Yes, you and me, we're part of his plan together. And he wants us to experience that. And when I think about this last statement, I can't help but think about my dad. You know, he's in heaven. He celebrated, you know, five birthday parties in heaven. But he's still with me. He's still with us. And he was an awesome example of this. He found the joy in serving other people. 
he was a businessman, and one of the things he did, most of his stuff was very personal, and so he, very often he would meet uh, other businessmen for lunch, and before you know, the food came, he'd say, hey, I'd just like to get to know people a little bit, and, and he, he gave me this point of advice. He said, Glenn, you just watch people and ask questions, because people love to talk about themselves. That's exactly what he did. He'd see a ring on someone's finger and said, hey, uh, do you, do you have, are you married? You have a family? Tell me what you'd like to do. And inevitably, they would open up. And he would follow up and say, hey, you know, I'm a Christian. This is no pressure at all, but hey, I usually pray before I eat. And would it be okay if I did that? And if so, could I pray for you? That was always very warmly received. But you know, there were several times when the man on the other side of the table could point to that specific conversation. That's when my life began to change. That's when I decided to work on my family and my marriage. That was the transforming, the catalyst for me to find Jesus. You know, I was getting my hair cut the other day and I heard my dad's words coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Hey, do you live around here? Tell me about yourself. And she has a five-month-old baby boy that she's crazy about. And there's some challenging things in her life. And things were busy. I said, hey, I'd love to pray for you. I'm going to go to my car. Is there, would that be okay? She said, yes, please pray for me. You can pray for my son and gave me his name. That's what I did. And you know what? What a difference it made for her, but also for me. Doesn't that sound like something that you want to experience? Of course it does. Of course it does. That's something that all of us can do. Just like my dad served us, he served his family, he loved us, he asked us questions. You can do the same thing to others because you're loving God when you love other people. Wouldn't you agree that our world desperately needs more people like that? As I stand up here and my spirit bears witness with your spirit and I sense the conviction and the joy and the desire in your hearts. By faith, I can say this too. The world needs more people just like you. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? And as the worship team comes up, let's just take some time to think. Think about those times in your life that you just kind of missed the purposes of God when it was about you. And so Jesus, together we confess that we've been consumed with ourselves more than we've been consumed with you. I know a lot of us, we can see the damage around our lives from selfish choices that we've made. And so Jesus, right now, in this moment, we just ask for your forgiveness. And Jesus, we pray for the people that we may have heard along the way as well. We ask that that you'd help them forgive us too. And Jesus, Will you forgive me for the times that I've given up when it just seemed too hard? And together, as a family, as friends who love you, we say no to our selfish impulses so that we can say yes to you. God, I'm sick and tired of settling for the same kind of life that everybody else has or wants. Help me to wake up, to see the needs all around me. Help me find the contentment that comes from loving you through loving others. And I promise before you, Jesus, right now that I will live differently.
And maybe you're watching online or in this room and you realize that for the first time, the single greatest need you have is to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, you can commit your life to him with me right now. Pray these words in your mind and in your heart. Dear Jesus, I've pushed you away for too long. I open up my life to you right now. I believe that you are the son of God who died on the cross to pay for my sins and I receive your forgiveness. I ask that you would let your love wash away my failure and wash away my hurt. Bring healing into my life. Set me free. Make me whole. Set me loose to show your love to the world around me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, Jesus is worthy of praise. Let's worship him together. Would you stand with me?